Hey, I'm Fred. And I'm Ed. And this is Create a Generation. Create a Generation of Hype. All right, Frederico, what is happening this week? This week we are going to be a little bit more authentic, a little bit more vulnerable, and we're going to be chatting to study with Jess. Find that courage, be brave, and give more of yourself because sometimes you just know intuitively this needs to be out there. I need to put this out there. Hey, uh, before we get started, if you like this podcast that we've put together for you, please let us know on Apple Podcasts by leaving a review. We'd love to hear what you think about it. And Ant will personally hug everybody who gives us a five-star review, so that is his guarantee to a you. socially distanced virtual hug. Exactly. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. Welcome back to Creator Generation. This week... We are joined by Jess Holzman from Study with Jess. Jess, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. We finally got around to finding a time to chat and be on the podcast together. I'm so excited. Yeah, a bit of background on that. Uh, Jess, we've been backing and forthing for, I don't know. I, I want to say at least year? six months. Yeah, it could have been yeah. pre-COVID. <laughs> I think it definitely was pre-COVID, but um, yeah, we got there. Yeah, fi- a lack, finally, a, a lack of options. Yeah, <laughs> just like, you know what? I got nothing else to do. Let's let's join these guys and, and have a chat. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Hey, yeah. Hey. Um, well, we're we're lucky enough. We've known Jess for quite a while, um, and so maybe that is why she ghosted us for quite a while longer. But maybe not. But um, Jess, can you do me the favor and? introduce who you are and what you do? Yeah. So I, what do I do and who am I? There are so many labels I wear. It gets confusing sometimes. So I'm a YouTube creator. My channel is called Study with Jess and it includes study tips, tips around productivity, organization, well-being, uh, mindfulness, basically your go-to source of support for students in high school, uni, college, and young adults. Um, I'm the author of the study skills book, The High School Survival Guide. I run a couple of online businesses, including a stationery line called Educationery and a gift box business called Self Love Club Gift Boxes. Um, Have I left anything else out? I guess I'm also technically an influencer because all of my work is on social media, mainly YouTube and Insta. That's me in a nutshell. Yeah. Oh, that's very impressive. very impressive. Uh, hey, um, I think, Ant, well, Ant, a... why, Ant, why don't you do your, your interaction? Like, like Jess is one. What, what would you say if someone asked you, what do you do, Ant? What would you say? What do I do? Yeah. Oh, do, do, I, do, I, well, do your intro. It's funny because I was actually going to ask um, Jess if she had a dinner party answer, like um, <laughs> that is completely different. So <laughs> um, yeah, I tell people what we do, but it's very strange. I say I say that we're I, we we run a media ventures company that specialises in online video, um, particularly working with YouTube and YouTubers, and leave it at that. And then we have a, a very long conversation and try and figure out what the hell that all means. Um, <laughs> or I tell people I'm in video, and it's a very <laughs> it's a it's a short answer that means we're done. Uh, but <laughs> what would you say, Frederico? No, yeah, I think those are good answers. I was just wondering. I thought Jess was probably one of the most concise and, mm. and clear answers a, a YouTuber has ever given us. And I was like, oh, was oh thank you. Yeah. I really didn't think that I was that concise. But yeah, um, yeah thank it's you. Good. I think on my website, it says something like um, entrepreneur, founder, best-selling author, 
speaker, coach, like I don't even know. And there's another forward slash that used to say tea lover and yogi, but I had to take that down because there were just too many things. Wait, team lover? What's a team lover? A tea lover. You will always, always find me with a cup of tea oh. and fitting because this mug says there's always time for tea. <laughs> a so, tea lover. I think it's a tea, tea lover. or teen lover. I'm like, what? Go team. team. <laughs> you know. Go team. Yeah. Um, goodness. Oh, dear. Into my, even to my best efforts and Jess doing such a great, concise introduction, Fred, we have strung it out and took it into weird, wonderful places. Well, no, it, um, it, it's interesting. I, just like, I like exploring it a little bit, like having a little bit of fun with the format. But, you know, actually, oh, Jess, totally. before we actually get into anything serious, I want to ask you one thing. You said best-selling author as well. Mm-hmm. I yes. Always, like when you, what is the limit? And this is just probably my ignorance. Like what, when do you get to that level of best-selling? What does that mean? I don't know. I think to be a New York Times bestseller has very different criteria, but my study skills book, The High School Survival Guide, has been multiple times sitting at number one in a couple of different categories um, relating to test prep. So I think it was around March this year, it was sitting at number one in two categories for about four or five weeks. Um, Seems to be May every year, actually, that it has a bit of a spike in in sales. But I don't know what the actual number of sales has to be. Um, It's just that there are more sales for my book in these categories than any other book at that time, which is really cool, mind you. (laughs) I never really thought about whether my book would sit at number one in a couple of categories on Amazon. And what that really means is that there are people around the world that are holding my book and reading it and it's crazy. Yeah, we'll get we'll get into the um, how you you know came to write a book soon, but I think it's probably best we start at the beginning, like we do at most creators. Like, just tell us where did all this start for you? What's your origin story? My origin story. So my background is in psychology. Um, I guess going back a little bit further, though, this kind of links to why I do what I do. But I was a massive stress head in high school, um, big time perfectionist, put a lot of pressure on myself. Uh, Got into my dream top choice university, studied psychology, then graduated from my undergraduate degree, did a postgraduate diploma, got a full scholarship to study a PhD in psychology um, and six months in realized that it was not for me. I was actually, I think, a little bit lost. I was always trying to pursue goals that were not really mine. I wasn't being true to my own core values and my definition of success and um, even just identifying what makes me happy in life. And a big part of that is creativity um, and feeling like I'm giving back and being of value and serving others. And so while I wanted to study psychology because eventually being a um, a clinical psychologist allows me to help others on a one-on-one scale, I realized that just actually wasn't for me. So I put a pause on that, um, much to the dismay of my wonderful supervisors who were very understanding. And at that time, um, what I was actually really loving was designing my stationary line educationary sketching till honestly three o'clock in the morning sometimes um, coming up with different ideas and at the same time had the idea for my YouTube channel Um, but over time I think somehow um, my passion really shifted away from the stationary into creating this YouTube channel and the more traction it got the more positive responses it got um the more that I just realized that was my calling and that's where I needed to be. And it's led to some 
unbelievable opportunities too and um, also just allowed me to be happier and be myself. So, yeah, once a psychology student turned entrepreneur, best-selling author, YouTube creator, influencer and all the other forward slash names I gave myself before. So for those of like people listening or watching on YouTube, if they haven't seen your channel, what sort of content would they expect to find? So I try and cover a range of different topics. Um, my channel's content has definitely broadened over the last few years. So I started it five years ago. Back then, it was really just, um, <laughs> dare I say, it was a random study tip and a couple of DIYs in every video. So it was more entertainment for students and um, trying to help them increase their productivity. But there wasn't really a formula um, to each video. Now I try and cover a range of topics from productivity, organization, um, and time management to allow students to study smarter and not just study hard because the more that you study does not, uh, it does not guarantee that you'll get better grades. And also covering a lot of topics around well-being and mental health because I think that plays a huge role in student life and growing up, making sure that we're equipping um, students with the tools that they need to navigate some pretty tricky times and speaking, you know, from personal experience, my final high school years and university years were incredibly stressful. I didn't have the tools to manage my anxiety and stress levels. I had no idea what work-life balance was and self-care and self-compassion um, let alone what it means to embrace one's own authenticity and define your own idea of success. And I was just studying as hard as I possibly could. I wasn't really studying smart at all. Well, I started to study a lot smarter when I got into university, but before that I, I think I was just trying to work as many hours as I possibly could every day and I burnt out multiple times. Do you think that's it's a it's an interesting area, isn't it? Like teaching people to study well or be organized because it's it's such an amazing thing like when it suddenly snaps in your mind and you're like oh like I've been doing this wrong the whole time and I could have been so much more efficient right yeah absolutely and I always think to myself um and I, I say this too publicly I feel like I did really well academically but it was in spite of all of the stress and the pressure I put on myself it wasn't because I was studying so hard and to realize that I was becoming my own worst enemy. I was a barrier to my own success, both in the marks I was getting academically, but also in my overall well-being. That was pretty confronting. And, um, you know, I still still struggle with a little bit of that perfectionist and, um, you know, burnout still happens from time to time, but I'm living with a lot more um, awareness and I use all of the lessons that I gather in, in my life and I put that out on the internet to hope, hopefully help other people too. Hey, Jess, it's been a, not, not a, an incredible amount of time, but a little while since you left high school and, and university and things like that. How do you put yourself back into that... Um, into that mindset and, and those put yourself into those experiences that students are. I'm curious because I don't think I'd recognize myself from my high school days. Mm. Um, there's elements, definitely. <laughs> oh. um, <wondering laughs> I like that little shudder that came through. <laughs> but yeah, like, I'm just really curious is how do you, like, well, what do you do to put yourself back into that situation? 
Yeah, I think it really comes down to being able to empathize with my audience. So I'll get questions, I'll get emails, um, DMs on Instagram where they're really pouring their hearts out to me. They're sharing the struggles that they're experiencing and they're being incredibly brave and vulnerable. And I think my ability to empathize with what they're going through to have my own experiences that I can relate to and draw on really helps me. Um, while high school for me was quite a while ago and I I don't think that I am reliving any of those moments and I've definitely matured and evolved a lot, um, I still feel that there's a lot that I draw on and it's really shaped the person that I am today. But I definitely think it comes down to being able to empathise with what people are um, are coming to me with and what they're sharing. So that that community that you have, like, the, like it, it feels like obviously it's much more than an, just an, an audience. It it is that a real community. Is that is that fair? It is. It really is. Um, you know, you get to know a lot of your loyal viewers, the ones that always have their post notifications turned on and they comment first on a video. Um, you know, you, I don't forget certain emails and messages that I get that just really touch my heart. Um, even this morning, I got the most beautiful message from one girl just saying how, um, how beneficial my content has been for her. And she's been subscribed for about three years and it's really helped her through her final uh, high school years into university. And I shared that on my Instagram stories and it just sticks with you. Um, and I, I also love that as I'm scrolling through the comments, not only replying to as many as I can every time a video goes up each week, but they'll comment to each other too. And I'll encourage them or invite them to share their tips. Um, and, you know, we create a whole list of self-care in the bottom of one video or study tips in another or, you know, people share their favorite organizational tip or their top priority for the day. And having that engagement really makes it feel much more like this active online community rather than an audience where I'm talking to people or at people and you're not really getting anything back in return. I feel like that's really important for me though is if I'm talking to a camera, I need to know even just in my mind's eye that there are these are real people that are watching. These are students. This is, you know, this person that I remember. This is Bella who commented on my Instagram or, you know, it, it just makes it so much more meaningful. And then you're able to give so much more of yourself too. And speaking about that, like that authentic self, obviously, um, I think people respond and probably open up to you more because of your authenticity. Uh, it's, I think a lot of YouTubers do struggle with that. And I think people getting into that space struggle with how to find that. You, you, you mentioned before finding your authentic self. Like how did you tap into that? It is so hard. Oh, my goodness. Um, not that it's hard to tap into your authentic self. It is hard to find the courage and be brave. I feel like I'm going to start quoting Brene Brown any second, <laughs> uh, one of my favorite authors. But it's hard to tap in and find the courage and bravery to share that vulnerability online because it takes a lot of guts. You don't know how people are going to necessarily respond. Um, are they going to be supportive? Are they going to judge you? Uh, you know, fear of judgment creeps in as well. But it is it is vital for connection that we are vulnerable and vulnerability is authenticity. Anytime I have a moment in my life, an aha moment, a, oh my goodness, I can't believe I fell for that trap again. Or I can't believe I've been doing that. And I notice any unhealthy behaviors or any self-limiting beliefs and I work through them. I just know 
deep in my heart I'm like oh I've got to put that out there now that's got to be a video that should be in the book that should be in a blog because I hold myself to this standard of you owe it to these people to help them. You need to share your lessons because there are other people going through something similar, if not the same, and they can benefit. So find that courage, be brave and give more of yourself because not that you have to share absolutely everything in your life, but sometimes you just know intuitively this needs to be out there. I need to put this out there. And it's a gut feeling. and I, I just hold myself to this higher standard of I need to put it out there. I've, I've just got to do it for these people. They deserve it. And the more that I do that, the more meaning I find in my own career. So it, it actually serves me to do it too. It just, you mentioned you don't have to put everything out there. How do you, like, where do you, how does someone figure out where to draw the line? Because that being so open and, and vulnerable all the time to, you know, potentially thousands if not millions of complete strangers um could be quite a burden in itself as well so like how how do people find their balance or how do you, how do maybe how do you find your balance and others can learn from that i ask myself is this relevant to what i'm doing to my brand to my audience and what's the best way of conveying this message so if i have a really tough day I am not one to take a crying selfie and rant on social media, but I might at the end of the week think, you know what I learned? I need to be more self-compassionate. And I'm going to put up a post about the importance of self-compassion and noticing the thoughts of our inner critic and how we can grow and learn from that. And I'm going to put it out in a way that other people can be receptive to it and be inspired by it. At the same time, there are certain things in my personal life that are not relevant and I'm not going to share because I don't feel that it's appropriate. I feel like I'm very clear on what my brand stands for and if I have, I don't know, an argument with a friend or I just, yeah, I just try and think to myself, is this on brand? Is it relevant? is this going to serve others or am I just ranting and using social media as a way to get attention? And am I spreading it in a way that is inspiring and empowering or I'm just posting up negativity? So I try and think about the way that I convey the message to. It's a bit of a long answer, but that's how I go about it. I think it's a a great answer. It's like you don't have to share everything for the sake of sharing it. There has to be Mm. a reason and 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 value for your audience or your community. Um, it just makes me think, Fred, we've got to take down that crying selfie of me from this morning. Um, <laughs> you, you actually said that I was, I was, didn't want to put it out there, but you know what? You said it and I'm, I'm glad you were, that, you, you were that vulnerable. Everything. You were that vulnerable and you wanted to share and, and I appreciate oh. your authenticity. I appreciate <laughs> so look, um, uh, tell me something, Jess. Um, do you think people are happy living in this modern world or do you think they need something more? Do you think there's something else that they're searching for? Um, do I think that people are happy living <laughs> in one world? Which world? Are you talking about social media? No, no, I've just, I just had, sorry, I'm, I've, I've just, I just wanted to ask that to see if I could, 
uh, ask. It's actually song lyrics from <laughs> the song Shallow, oh, Shallow by Lady Gaga. Yeah. It's only because I was, before this, I'd, uh, was on Red, I was on Reddit and I saw someone did a polka version of that song and it is absolutely hilarious. And, and the lyrics were sitting there, so I thought... This could be something deep. We'll just see if we get answer. But I think Ant started laughing before you got to answer it properly. So unfortunately, well, it's a huge question. <laughs> I'd like to hear the answer, uh, please, Jess. Yeah, maybe they were asking a very deep question, but we were we were being authentic and deep. And I thought maybe that would be a good segue. But unfortunately, Ant destroyed it. Well, anyway, we should move on. All right. But we took we took about authenticity, obviously, in, in in that in that real self and that true self, and um, it's funny because people ask, you know, how do I do that? How do I, you know, how do I do that? And it's, it's really hard to say. Well, this is how you be authentic. Um, oh. It's quite it's quite a quite a hard thing to to prescribe. Um, and I think some of the best creators they naturally have it and they don't realize it, and that's why people tap into it. Um, you know, we were having a conversation this morning um, to someone, and they, you know, they've. They would, their their strategy is about amazing production value, and really, that's it. Really, doesn't come down to that on YouTube. That authenticity is so much more valuable on YouTube than production value is, for example. Uh, and production value is easier to say, you know, go ahead and make better quality video. But it's that authenticity which people connect with, and which is why people fall in love with their favorite creators. Um, but it's you can't really say do this or do that, can you? Yeah, I completely agree. I think um, I think I need to make a video all about how to be authentic, how to live to your live in accordance with your um, authentic self. But when I think about authenticity, I mean, I don't know what the exact definition of it is, but to me, it's about getting really clear on your core values. So what's really important to you and living in accordance with that. Um, it's about knowing yourself. So I think if you haven't really done a lot of self-development um then that can be a bit tricky to know what are your triggers what are your passions um you know really understanding yourself um in all different situations and at the end of the day not trying to be like someone else so not saying something to impress another person not dressing like someone because you wish you were them it's actually about getting really comfortable with who you are I think authenticity requires a lot of self-love and self-compassion because then you have the courage to just be you and to stand up for what you feel is important, to live a life that reflects your core values, to speak your truth. Um, Definitely not something that comes naturally as we get older, but I do think it's something that is very natural when we are younger because we're less conditioned to be a certain way. What's your truth? Oh, I have many truths. Um, If I think about what's really important to me, um, you know, relationships is top of my list, Um, health and wellness and and mental health, being able to live a creative life, um, feeling like I'm being of service to others in a way that's also true to myself, so not at the expense of my own mental health, which kind of was what was happening when I was studying psychology and, um, you know, working on a crisis helpline. I'd be trying to help others, but at the end of the day, I would really feel like I was emptying out my cup um, in order to save other people. So, yeah, there's, there's a lot of things that are really important to me and that give my life more meaning or fulfilment um, but I think at the end of the day, it's really just about kindness to yourself and to others. And do you think that YouTube is good because you're able to actually show all that? It's like, I mean, where else could you really 
show everybody like what you believe and how you, how you believe it. Yeah, that's the amazing thing about social media is sometimes I feel like, uh, well, I mean, it always is a vehicle for self-expression. Um, it's a platform for sharing what you feel is really important for amplifying your message. And I mean, you could do it with a book or a blog as well, but there's something about being able to look into a camera and to have your face out there and speak your truth um, and for other people to receive it. I, I just think it's, it's a pretty amazing time we're living in. This is a very generalized question, but where do you, like, there's a lot of people who want to be YouTubers, right? Like there's uh, a, a Lego partnered with a company last year and, and did some research and found that more kids want to be YouTubers than astronauts. Um, and that's the first time ever that's happened in, in, in the US. Um, like, why do you think that is, is probably the first part of that question. Then I've got more on that. Yeah. Um, Oh, I'm excited to hear the other part of this question. I think a lot of people are drawn to YouTube for a number of different reasons. Um, some people glorify creators online and so they want to be like them. Other people love the freedom and creativity that it can offer. I think it's just really important to ask yourself, why do you want to be a YouTuber? Because for me, I never really thought to myself, I am a YouTuber. I want to be a YouTuber. That is my career. If anything, I'm looking around and saying, what platforms do I really enjoy using? What, what different platforms or avenues can amplify my message? Um, what am I good at? And therefore, which ones am I going to utilize to my advantage? And I happen to love YouTube um, because of the video content and the engagement you can build with your online community. I also love Instagram. Um, I've written a book. So I'm using it as a way to convey my message and help other people. I'm not trying to be a YouTuber, which in everyone's mind can look different, what it means to be a YouTuber. Does it mean that you want to be famous? Um, like saying you want to be a, you know, an actor or a model or something like that. Um, it's yeah, I think you've got to I think you've got to get down to the core reason why people want to be a YouTube creator because if that's a career you want to pursue, you have to think about well, what are you actually going to put out onto YouTube? You can't just um well, you can vlog actually, but but you can't just start a channel and say okay, now I'm just going to be a YouTuber. It's you've got to have some kind of meaning to it. So, what sort of messages do you want to be putting out there and what kind of audience do you want to attract? What kind of community do you want to build? Um, is it sustainable? How often can you create this content? Um, yeah, a lot of things come to mind with that question. What's the other part of your question, though? Well, that was, you, you sort of started answering the second part of the question in, in, a, in a way in that where do you think, like, the, Fred, how, how many, you know the stats better than I do, how many, how many minutes or hours of, of content uploaded to YouTube? Every day? I think it's about 750,000 hours are uploaded every day. Yeah, just a small 750,000 hours. It could be 720,000, um, but it's, around, it's, a, it's quite a large number. Yeah, A big yeah. number. A, a really, really, really big number. And that's not all getting watched. And there's a, there's many reasons why that's not all getting watched. But one of those reasons yeah. is um, sort of to go back to what you said, where like don't try and be somebody else when we're talking about um, being 
authentic to yourself. Do you think that's a, a, a failing of a lot of new channels and not to like throw people down, but to sort of help them understand and build up as, as new creators that they are uh, rinsing and repeating somebody yeah. else's channel or ch content? And... I think it, it definitely is a possibility. I mean, I, there are so many channels out there that I'd have to spend the rest of my life seeing what's out there and, and um, kind of nitpicking and, and seeing whether, you know, it's just an overly saturated area that they're trying to cover content in. Um, but, yeah, it is a, a risk that people run is creating a channel in an area that has so many other similar channels out there and then also not being themselves, not adding their unique spin on it because then there's nothing to set them apart. So I was lucky when I started my channel because there wasn't really any other study-related YouTube channel that um, wasn't necessarily purely academically focused. Like you had your boring lecturers giving talks about maths, biology, yay, all that fun stuff, but there wasn't really anyone doing it the way that I was doing it. So there was that gap in the market and I saw it, I took it and I just went for it. But even now with lots of study tubers, um, you know, being out there on YouTube, I don't think that that is necessarily an issue as long as they are adding their unique spin to it because maybe you want to watch this person because you connect more with them. Maybe this person's also shared a bit of their story of the why behind what they do and you can really relate to what they've gone through. Um, there's there's always a way for people to connect with you, but if you're not giving them that that opportunity, then I, I do think that you can get lost amongst the sea of content. That is really interesting. And obviously <laughs> the thing about it, I guess your perspective is obviously you come from a psychology background, so you can, you can speak more... Um, clearly on on these issues and especially getting to the, to, to the heart of a lot of them which is you know which is always which is always a good insight did you did you feel that like having that psychology background has made you a better youtuber oh my goodness i'm so grateful for my psychology background when i first left my phd um, and left honestly the whole 10 year plan that I had carved out for myself and you know the universe pulled the rug out from under me and said ha 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 you're not that smart um, we have other plans for you and this isn't actually the path that you're going to pursue I was terrified that all the years of studying all the work I'd put into my degrees was just for nothing and then when I started my channel and I started to get comments and I started to get some real heavy emails coming through as well. I realized that because of all the volunteer work I had done and the internships and the units and courses and, and the degrees that I have in psychology, I am so much more equipped, well-equipped to empathize with others, to communicate, to validate what they're going through and their experiences and to offer real help and and good suggestions 
I feel like I have the tools I need because there are topics that come up around anxiety and depression. And I've even had emails from people that have had thoughts of self-harm or suicide, or they have lost a friend to suicide, or they are big time feeling the weight of perfection on their shoulders and pleasing their parents. And they are having panic attacks because they don't know what their 10 year plan is, or they don't want to go and study the degree that they're parents have picked out for them. I don't think I would be able to handle this stuff and empathize and give the responses that they deserve if I didn't have my psychology background. It's definitely given me a lot of tools that I use every single day. I'm I'm so grateful that I have that in my toolkit and also that I've realized that It's not like I took a completely different path. You're always moving forward. You're just going in different directions. And so you're collecting things as you go in life. You're collecting different tools and skills and they all help you and they all become relevant and assist you in some way. It's just that it takes time and we can never connect the dots until we can look back in hindsight. We can't connect them going forward. So we just have to give it time and, you know, kind of trust in the process. I honestly feel I've grown being part of this interview today. Oh, thank <laughs> you. It's interesting. It's reflecting on it. I'm like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And you, I reflect on it, you know, obviously we've talked to the hundreds of, even thousands of YouTubers over the years. Um, and a lot of what you've said, I think, resonates when I think of the successful ones, why they're successful around that authenticity, um, you know, around some other life skill they have that they've brought to the to the to their channels. It really is a, a fascinating um trying to understand what goes into making success that's more than just optimization you know on the platform um but speaking of like growth like what's next for you then sometimes i feel like i have no idea i'm just kind of waiting to see this year has been so interesting and um definitely didn't see 2020 panning out the way that it has but I've been very fortunate in um, having a lot of really cool opportunities around working with a lot of brands, um, being able to gain more clarity with what kind of content I want to put out on my channel and also starting to delegate so that I can focus more on the content rather than, um, you know, the filming, the editing, the lighting setup and all, all the behind the scenes stuff that we don't show. Um But I think at the moment, I'm really just focusing on putting out meaningful content. Um, Won't lie, of course, there's going to be a second book, a third book. Um, You know, I'm I'm always collating my ideas and I just love creating. So whether it's creating videos or it's going to be, you know, this year I just launched my digital planners as well. So, I mean, I I don't stop. I, (laughs) I like to be busy and this year has um actually given me even more time and space to create because I guess the world is sort of slowing down and we're staying in but it's interesting because all of the really cool opportunities that have come my way have fallen out of the sky into my inbox whether it's the first web series uh, mindful that was um, a documentary about a mental health or um, life of Jess the scripted teen dramedy I got to work on a couple years ago all these opportunities, they just are very, I don't know, they, they just come out of the blue to me. And that's why I try and keep an open mind. I try and get really clear on what I love doing, um, the essence of my work, 
but not necessarily the exact format it's going to be created in because I just never know and I don't want to limit myself. But I do love filming. I love writing. I love creating. And I do love working with other creative minds as well. So who knows? Yeah, (laughs) I know it's a really vague answer, but at the moment I'm just loving what I'm doing. You did say, though, you obviously you're very busy and you work very hard, but all these opportunities tend to sort of fall into your lap. But do you feel like the harder you work, the luckier you get? Yes and no. It's sort of like the clearer I get on my vision and my intention, the luckier I get. So when I get really clear on the life that I want, the right opportunities just start coming to me. And this is, you know, this is also my own spiritual beliefs at play here. But this year, I've also been working with a a life coach and a creator coach and just really figuring out what do I want my, my life to look like? What do I really like? What am I doing that I don't really like? What are the drainers? What are the things that add more spark to my life and more passion and focusing more on that, um, which then frees up more time, but also more energy. And then I've just seen more of the right kind of opportunities come my way. So I've had a lot of really cool brand deals and campaigns, but with brands whose values align with mine and on some really fun and creative projects. And um, I think that that's been really helpful. So I'm actually trying to work smarter and not harder at the moment. Thank goodness. And proud of myself for saying that because I'm a workaholic actually. Um, So creating content around how to boost your productivity is like no problem for me and beating procrastination. I'm like, why is anyone procrastinating? Don't you need help slowing down? That's just me. Um, but yeah, I think I've gone off on a bit of a tangent there, but, um, yeah, just getting really clear on what I like and, um, and what I enjoy and where I can add more value. And those opportunities seem to come my way. But, um, yeah, speaking of that's right, working smart and not hard, I've been delegating the filming and editing process, um, I've been delegating the design for my digital planners. So I'm not sitting there creating all these digital planners, but I can just come up with the concept and work with a, a designer to make something that I'm really excited about and releasing. Um, I think that once you get to the point where you can start to delegate, it's really important because then you're creating more space for I want to say more mental energy or your own capacity to take on other really cool things that will come your way. If you're so consumed with what you're already doing and there's literally no space for life and self-care and having a breather just to take a step back and objectively assess your business and figure out what's serving you and what's not, then I personally think that you're blocking other opportunities from coming to you. That was a good tangent. And unfortunately, also um, pretty much all the time we have. But Ant does always have one final question. Uh, Ant? What tea are you drinking, Jess? <laughs> <laughs> what tea? At the moment, um, well, this is my third cup for the day, but this is a, I think it's pronounced Robust. It's Robust and Vanilla Infused Tea. It's very nice. Is that how you say it, um, is it? I got onto this when I went to Byron Bay and I went on a yoga retreat, so it's lovely. But I also had a white tea this morning, which was new, and my husband bought from the supermarket or ordered from the supermarket because everything's getting delivered nowadays. Um, and that was nice too. But I go through about six, seven, eight cups a day. Anytime I'm working or sitting at the desk, you will always see me with a cup of tea. Nice. I'm nice. weird like that. No, it sounds good. <laughs> That's not uh, weird at all. 
Well, Jess, thank you I'm so back. much for joining us. Uh, hopefully we'll talk to you again She's sometime all- soon if you haven't decided we're too crazy and that's all the connection you're going to make. Thank you both so much for having me on today. It's been a pleasure. And we finally got to chat all about social media, authenticity, vulnerability. It's been really fun. Thank you so, so much for having me. Thanks, Jess. Thanks, Jess. Bye. We made a generation on the mic.